Ryo, where are you going? You haven't listened to the Shenmue AM2 podcast yet. Welcome back to another episode of the Shenmue AM2 podcast. We're your hosts, Andrew. And Matt, sorry, my mouth was full of wine. We'll <laughs> keep it that and... A bit of delay there. <laughs> and we have a very special guest with us uh, this episode. We have the voice of Ren, the voice of Guizang, and the voice of Fugusan, Eric Kelso. Hey! Yay! Applaud! Hey, let's do it. He's, and he's the, the nicest guy. He's the nicest guy because <laughs> this is actually the second time we're recording this. There was a technical hiccup the first time. And he graciously offered to do it again without hesitation. We tried to save it. We were going to, like, Frankenstein an interview. We had his side. We didn't have our side. We were going to try to fake it. It wasn't working. But here he is back again, Eric Kelso. Thanks so much. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Nice chatting with you guys. I'm looking forward to it. So our first question, what are your thoughts on Deja Vu? <laughs> um, no, I, I guess we'll start with, again, thanking you for being here. This is awesome. Again. Oh, doing anything for the Shenmue family. It's, uh, it's really <laughs> such a... I'm just inspired by your guys' uh, dedication to everything, so thank That's you. Awesome. Um, so what have you been up to? How did... You're currently in Japan. Um, right. Kind of give us uh, an idea of, you know, how you got to Japan and why you okay. went and why you stayed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people come for a short time and they end up staying forever. It seems to be a, a common thing in Japan. Uh, my story, in a nutshell, as much as I can, was that I uh, studied film studies at the University of California at Santa Barbara, UCSB. And when I graduated in 1986, I wanted to make documentaries about different cultures around the world, but I had never really been out of California. So I thought, okay, I got to get out and see the world. So my plan was to spend 10 years traveling around the world, just working and traveling and working and traveling. So I sold everything I owned. I ended up with enough money for a plane ticket and an extra 300 bucks in my pocket. It was the bubble economy in uh, Japan at the time, so there were jobs everywhere. The yen was strong, so I thought, okay, I'll go there for two years and uh, save some money. And then I can travel through Asia for another year or two, probably, just on the savings. So I uh, grabbed one suit that I had and one carry-on bag and headed for Japan. I had no job, no hotel reservation, no friends, nothing. But um, such an interesting and nice and kind and safe country that I quickly found a job, started working. But after two years, I didn't really have much money saved. So I thought, okay, I'll stay, I'll stay for another two years. And in that time, I started doing voice work. And I met my ex-wife. And I was just really digging Japan and, and just feeling just so comfortable and happy. And, you know, it took me a while to set up shop to, to actually feel comfortable. I didn't want to just, you know, leave after all that work. So I decided to stay another couple years, and that has turned into 30. <laughs> How often do you get back to the uh, to the States? I assume you're from the States? Yeah, I'm from California originally. Um, I'm from uh, Santa Cruz, and then went to University of Santa Barbara, so mostly Central Coast. Um, I, I go back just to see my folks once a year. Once a year, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and... Have you picked up much Japanese? I'm sorry, this feels weird asking all these same questions again, but we're going to have to get through it. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Or like we did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can speak Japanese okay. I've never studied, so I can't really read or write very well.、Um, but, um, and my grammar is kind of all over the place. So, pera pera jenai, demo, you know, tsu daily, ano, tsu, my nichi no, nihongo no hanashi dekimasu. So, it's,、um, you know, I can't, I'm not fluent, but I can speak, you know, basic daily Japanese. I, I know how to say you say, could you say that one more time slowly, please? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> That's a pretty useful one.、Um, it is. <laughs>、uh, what else you got, Andrew?、Uh, you mentioned again, because we're doing this again, <laughs> that you、uh, had done initially some other video game work,、uh, voiceover work prior to, to Shenmue. Um, the, both the Tekken series and the、uh, Virtual Fighter series. And Soul Blade. Yeah, I think、um, I had done two games, as far as I can tell on my、uh, filmography kind of file,、um, that I don't know if it's completely right or not. But in '96, I did Soul Blade. I was、uh, Siegfried Stoffen. And then in '98, I did Tekken 3. I was Paul Phoenix. And then '99 was Shane Moon. So, how, how'd you go about getting that very first job in the video games industry?、Um, well, like everyone,、um, we have many agents. So, I made a, a voice demo, contacted agencies, and at that time there was no internet or anything. So, you really had to just,、uh, you know, really do a lot of detective work to find these out. And then one of my agents called me. And said they liked my voice and they wanted me to come in and do it and just ask my schedule. So, with voice acting、uh, narration mostly, it's just your voice sample that gets you the job. You don't have to actually go in for a live audition. Okay. So, how, how did you、uh, go from wanting to make documentary films to, to doing voice acting? Well,、um, the documentary thing kind of died out because I decided instead of traveling the world, I decided to stay in Japan and try to build a career here. You didn't、um, want to make a, a, like a J- Japan centric documentary?、Or? Well, I was thinking about it, but then I just got busy with my other work and different things, and I kind of lost steam on that part of my life.、Mm. And、uh, so I didn't pursue that. But I started doing television work with NHK TV、um, and NHK Radio, which is kind of like BBC of Japan.、Mm. So I was still working in the, in the field a bit. And then,、um, as far as the voice acting, I was just teaching at the time and doing some TV and radio. But I wasn't doing any voice acting. And that just came from a buddy of mine who was doing it. And he asked me to cover a job that he had double booked one time. And I said, Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Can I? And he said, Yeah, you got a good voice. You can do it. And so I said, Okay, you know, I'll give it a shot. And I did it. And I liked it. And they liked me. And so I started, you know, kind of building up that as, as my job.、Oh, that's great. Yeah, just lucky. Of, yeah, a little bit of a guzen or whatever they yeah. call it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Coincidence.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, you had done Shenmue before Virtual Fighter?、Uh, yes. As far as I know, Shenmue, I'm looking, again, I'm looking at my filmography here. Shenmue was 99, Virtual Fighter was 2001, after Shenmue 2, I think, or right around the same year as Shenmue 2. And I think what I have on my list is I came in at Virtual Fighter at 4. But yeah, that was kind of my next question. I think it would have been around Virtual Fighter 4 based on、okay. that time frame.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, right. And that was also with、uh, Yu Suzuki. Yes.、Yeah. 
Yeah, he. Uh, that's kind of how he really made his bones was through through the Virtual Fighter series. Was I guess the big one that really broke out. Broke out because he had, he had done tons of arcade titles that were pretty successful, um, mm-hmm. but Virtual Fighter was very revolutionary in how it mechanics wise how it worked as a fighting game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever think that twenty years ago, or twenty years into the future, I guess back then, that you'd be still talking about Shenmue? No, not at all. <laughs> I yeah, I mean it was such a blast to do, and it was unlike any other game that had ever been out there, you know. And and for the voice actors, we were just in heaven because, you know, up to that point, we were just doing a lot of. <laughs> You know, type of thing, and game over or something. You know, yeah. we were just—it was just a lot of one-liners and grunts. Um, so the Shenmue was actually something where we felt like actors. Um, so we were just loving, it. and there was no guarantee for a Shenmue two or three or anything. Um, the first one actually didn't do that well financially, and so we didn't hear about any possibility of it too. Um, and then that came a couple years later, and we were really stoked about that. What's your next one? At, at the time, um, was it really prevalent that this was going to be something special? Well, like like I said, we didn't really know. Um, we knew it was amazing. I mean, it was in the Guinness Book of World Records, the most expensive game ever made. Um, it had dozens of different voice actors doing, you know, a hundred different parts. And um, it was just such a huge project. So we knew it was special, but we didn't know if it would have legs to continue into, into the future up until this point at all. Yeah, it's hard to predict what is and what isn't going to attract a cult following. Right, right. Yeah. Especially something that's so different. Mm-hmm. Now, where someone like Corey, where he was voicing the same character in the first game to the second game... You did uh, the ma- three major voices that you did were Guizong, Ren, and uh, Fukusan. Was it more direction from the producers that they came up with kind of how they wanted the voices to be, and then you kind of just put it out there and they what like tweaked it? Or I guess what's the process for for creating? Yeah, that's voices? that's basically it. What they do is they give you the script, and then it has kind of a character analysis a background for the character. And then they just kind of say, okay, well, this guy is like Fukusan. They say, okay, this guy is, you know, he's in the same dojo with Ryo, and he's um, he's kind of his kohai, you know, he's, he's low, lower than, than uh, Ryo. And he uh, he really respects Ryo, and he looks up to him, and and he's and I got the feeling almost like he was kind of his puppy dog, you know, in a way, you know. <laughs> Very loyal, loving person. And he, they said he's really a sweetheart and um, <clears throat> not weak, but just kind of sensitive and, and very loving, loyal. And so I kind of got that in my head, and then I gave them some some voices, and they said, okay, make it a little bit softer or make it a little bit this way. And so I just started speaking like this, and I said, well, how is this? You know, what, what do you think about this voice? Is this one okay? And they said, well, maybe a little bit more this way or that way. And then that's how I came up with uh, Fukusan, who's just really a, a good guy and, and just wants the best for Ryo. He worries about him a lot, you know, so I just did that. And they go, hey, that's it. That's what we want. 
Now, have you ever used a sim like that voice for another character or a similar voice for another character in another project? Uh, yeah, for animation, sometimes I'll I'll make it like this, and then I'll kind of tweak it out a little bit and make it a little more <laughs> like this. You know, so you can you can kind of uh, work around a little bit with uh, with Guizan. He, I just thought of him as like the Chinese Clint Eastwood. <laughs> you know, and I just thought like, you know, he's just cool on ice, and he just his jacket never comes unbuttoned, and uh, he just doesn't open his mouth very much. Guizan is just like this. He just doesn't talk too much, doesn't say too much, doesn't feel too much, but you know he's always there. And so I, I thought he's just like Clint. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Like pretty talking through the teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> now, did they ask you back for Shenmue too? Or Wait, I want to. He- I want to hear about Ren. How'd you come up with Ren? Okay, well, that would be Shenmue 2. Yeah, they asked me back for Shenmue 2. Oh, I guess and I was getting there. <laughs> that does segue. And then, um, you know, Fukusan and Guizan were not there anymore, but they asked me back for Ren. And uh, that was really fun. Because although I really loved um, both Fuku and, and, and Guizan, uh, Ren was just a whole different kind of guy. And he had more lines and more action, and he was more pivotal in the story as well. So and there was more recording days actually I think uh, for that character and uh, Ren I I guess personally I feel kind of the closest personality-wise to Ren as well. So for Ren they just said okay now Ren's leader of a gang, <clears throat> cocky son of a bitch, um, doesn't really care about anybody else even his gang members, um, very sarcastic and um, and just has kind of a screw it kind of attitude. And that's kind of fun for an actor, you know, is to play that kind of part. And so I just, um, you know, I gave him kind of a voice and different things. And I said, well, yeah, okay, well, what do you think about this voice? So, you know, and if you don't like it, I don't really care. <laughs> you know? And so just kind of gave him some attitude. And they go, no, we like it. We like that one. So that's how Ren came about. Now, did you have to audition for Ren, or did they want you specifically rent for Ren? <laughs> Uh, no, for all parts, they just said this. We want you, and you're doing this part. Nice. So I guess somehow they were able to get that from my uh, voice demo, um, and maybe they um, from Shenmue One, maybe Suzuki-san, you know, hearing me do uh, Fukuchan and and Guizan, maybe he thought somehow he saw Ren in there as well. I guess. Hmm. Okay. And and uh, we established previously in the previous interview that you feel closest to Ren because you did used to run a gang. <laughs> yes, yes, we were the yes. We were the hells. We were the hells. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eric of hells. Eric of hells. Yeah. <laughs> Was it pretty cool working with Corey, Liesel, and Paul on both games? Yeah, yeah. So Liesel and Paul and I had been friends already, um, just because it's a, such a small clique of uh, voice actors in Japan, uh, English voice actors. So we knew each other. We'd bump into each other's studios or work together at jobs, and so we were old buddies. And so, it, and both those guys are great. Liesel's just such a sweetheart, so fun and funny and cool. And then uh, Paul is just a lunatic, you know. So it's it, it's just so fun to work with both those people. And then Corey was the new kid in town. He was brought over specifically for Rio, and um, he was a bit younger. And uh, I think it was his first time in Japan, or he might have been here once before. I'm not sure. 
But uh, yeah, I did most of my recording with Corey um, or alone, and only a little bit with Lisa. And I don't think I was actually in the studio with Paul at all. And um, yeah, we had a great time. And just to give our, our listeners some background, Paul uh, Lucas, who will be on a future episode, he did the voice of Lon D. He did the voice of Chai and the voice of Larry, who was one of your cronies, I guess. <laughs> uh, and you previously you told us about a, a funny anecdote that uh, happened when uh, you and Corey were recording the scenes where you were uh, chained together. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed recording a lot with Corey, and we actually went out to dinner and had drinks together, and we became kind of buddies and would hang out as well. So we did form a camaraderie, um, and our characters, we kind of ended up being kind of the same as our characters. I was a little bit more of an old hand in Japan, and I was a little bit wilder, and he was a bit younger and a little bit more innocent. <laughs> so we kind of adapted to our characters pretty easily. And um, in the studio, we would have a good, uh, you know, a good, uh, a good combination of our of our energies, and the scenes where we were actually handcuffed together were interesting. They were fun. I think we actually even held hands, <laughs> and we were standing right next to each other. So as we're running and shouting, "Come on!" you know, and and um, let's go, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We were actually pulling each other and grabbing, so we actually got the feeling in our voices. And we would actually be like moving, so we'd actually kind of be breathing hard, and it was exciting. And we're watching the screen, right? We're watching the uh, the animation on the screen of the characters, what they're doing. So it was a real adrenaline rush as we were actually running and fighting and, and things. Um, it was exciting. Now, do you do you know if, uh, like you said, you had to record to uh, probably the game in Japanese? I imagine just. Uh, muted or something uh, you had to uh, match the lip flaps but Andrew maybe you know did, in the end did they actually animate the mouths to go with the English voices I think they did didn't they I think they did yeah okay well we watched them and um, we have to match I don't know if there were lip flaps or not there were actually lip flaps or was just the timing of uh, on on the on the screen but um, there was we didn't hear any Japanese we just had to say our lines, and it had to match the timing of the edit of the of the characters on screen. Right, and I imagine you don't even have any music or sound effects or anything. It's probably just mute. Yeah, nothing. There was nothing that that all came later. Mm. Yeah, and sometimes there was no video. You oh, know, there was, and so I would say probably only about fifty percent of it had image, and then fifty percent they hadn't made yet. So oh. we have to we have to say. But if you if you're playing the game and sometimes the excitement level doesn't quite match, um, that's why. Because you know the line would be like, um, um, "Come on, let's go!" with an exclamation point. But there's no vi- there's no video. So then I would say, "Come on, let's go!" But then they punctuated it wrong, mm-hmm. you know. Because when you look at the actual video, it's just kind of Ren just kind of standing there and just turning and walking out of the room, you know, <laughs> where it should be. Come on, let's go. Yeah. But he's like, Come on, let's go. And it's like, wait, that doesn't match the, the action. And so a lot of it, we didn't have the action. 
so we didn't really know about the intensity levels and things. That's okay for Ren. He's a, he's a volatile, uh, <laughs> unpredictable guy. You know, he's very moody. <laughs> <laughs> when you recorded for Shenmue 2, at that point in time, did you know it was only going to be the uh, English version for the Xbox, or did they intend to have the English version for the Dreamcast still at that point in time? We didn't know the platforms at all. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. We just went into the studio, had a script, read our lines, the director said, do it, that's great, or do it a little bit differently, and then we walk out. So it's not really our, our area. Now that Shenmue 1 and 2 HD has been announced, a lot of new new fans, new people are going to be introduced to your work. What's that feeling for you that something from nearly 20 years ago is resurfacing to a whole new audience? I think it's great. And um, I think it's amazing that, uh, you know, the storyline is just so good. There's nothing else. I don't think there's anything better out there in the past 20 years that has the same kind of storyline. That, um, you know, so that's that's endless. It's like my favorite movies are the old movies from, you know, like the 60s and 70s. So I think that really holds up still. And I think that's going to be appealing to a lot of people. Um, and it's not just like, you know, people just killing each other and stealing cars and, and shooting and, and spaceships and stuff. And actually it has a storyline to it and it's like a movie. So, so I really think that's still going to be uh, quite appealing. Um, the HD version I think is wonderful because, you know, I mean the effects now are just staggeringly different than they were 20 years ago. So I'm glad that they could make it look nicer. And I think that will be nicer for younger people who are used to just crystal clarity on everything since they were born. Yeah, that that and the updated constro- control scheme will be the things that'll keep, right. keep new players in who may have been turned off before by some right, of right. the uh, older systems. But speaking of story, do you have any... I imagine you don't have any um, insight into where the story is going, but do you have any hopes or dreams for your three characters and where you'd like to see them go? Actually, I have heard absolutely nothing about the game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. Um, You know, I've heard you guys speculate about some things on your previous podcast that is much more than I know about. (laughs) So I I would look to you for advice and information on, on characters. Um, they haven't contacted me at all. Um, I've heard that Corey's been contacted, um, but there's still no set dates on anything, I, I think. And um, I'm just waiting. Uh, Liesel's waiting. Uh, Paul's waiting. I, def- I made sure not to take any vacation, plan any vacation this year, because I want to keep my schedule open. Um, That's dedication. So- yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we contact each other about once a month, just say, hey, what's up? You heard anything? Um, so we're ready. We're we're hyped and, and we're we're stoked and we're we're all on on board for it. But we're just waiting to hear. Um, you know, it's such a big project and um, it's going to take some time. So I think the initial um, dates were a bit optimistic. So I, I think it might take a bit of time. But uh, yeah, we're ready and uh, hope to hear something soon. I really think everyone on our end, fan base wise, definitely wants all of you back. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't be the same. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be the same. Um, with, again, we talked about this when we recorded yesterday. How it's a bit different when they recast an actor that you can see, because if I see someone different playing, mm-hmm. you know, 
someone in, in a sequel to an original piece of work, if they look different, my mind automatically thinks they're going to sound different. With right. a video game, you mentioned it's the same Rio. Yeah. So if if I see Rio and it's in English, I want to hear Corey Marshall's voice. That's the only voice I associate with Rio. And right. I I think everyone would do the same with all of these other characters. Um, I want yeah, like, you to be Ren. I don't want someone impersonating you as Ren. Yeah, it's like if they suddenly changed Bart Simpson's voice or something. Yeah, yeah. It just it, it wouldn't feel right. Well, that actually, with The Simpsons, when, was it Harry Shearer? Mm-hmm. A couple seasons ago, the, it was between seasons. They hadn't even started recording, and he kind of stepped away from it, and fans were like, no, 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 we, we need him back. He's one of the six main voice actors. Mm-hmm. Right. And it got to the point where he was kind of wished back into existence in the show. <laughs> um, he came, he decided to come back, and I really hope that's the same same scenario for, for this you know, the third game coming out. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't, because it's much easier just to use us than to find somebody who could match the voice. Yeah. You know, we already can do the voice, and we're here. And they know, you know, because especially because people like you, who keep everything alive and, and you know, on, a, on the low simmer here, just waiting to be cooked, mm-hmm. um, that uh, they know we're out there. They know we want to do it. They know we're, we're ready and we're up to date and we're keeping in touch. So I would see no reason why they wouldn't. Um, but I, I wish they would at least contact us a little bit, and just to see if we're, you know, we're still available or alive or something. But <laughs> yeah, uh, Andrew's looking through his questions. Yeah, um, we did have a couple of fan questions as well. Um, sure. One thing that we, well, I guess, we'll save those towards the end. One thing that we used to do when whenever we had a guest on was we had this gimmick where we had a time machine and we would go back and have that person in 1999 sell Shenmue to someone. We don't need to do that anymore. Um, we're getting that again in the future. Um, so how would you sell someone on this game, this this piece of entertainment, if they you know were on the fence about it? Um... I would say, do you like video games? Video games are great, and if you like them, you gotta try this one, because it's not only action, you can do it like you do in the dojo, and you can really get experience from fighting, but also, it's about friendship, and you can talk to people, and make friends, and, and see how they interact together. Yeah, I don't need friends, who need friends? You know, I just wanna get in there, kick a little ass, make a little coin, you know, just have some fun. But also, when you're in there, you're going to love being in there. It's going to be, <laughs> and you're going to want the next one and the next one as well. So play this one first, and you'll see what I mean. Oh, man. I love Guizhang, like, selling Shenmue. That's great. <laughs> all, all of them, really, but I never expected it from Guizhang. <laughs> Saga Marketing Department, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was amazing. Thank you so much for that. Sure. Yeah. You're the first person to, to do that as someone. In character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's the first one who's had characters to do, I guess, but... Yeah, when you got three, it's kind of more fun to draw yeah. from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's nice that there's three very different characters. You asked me that yesterday, and um, I was really happy that I got three different characters. Yeah. Um, because, you know, sometimes you're asked to do, like, three high school kids. You know, we want three high school guys, they're all 15 years old or something. And it's really hard to make it different. But if you're asked to do, like, a little kid and a very old man, you know, something like that, it's more fun. You know where to go. 
so that uh, my three different characters were all very different um, made it much easier and more interesting for me. And you do remember uh, doing a few side characters, like random lines, right? Yeah, random thug or, you know, some guy on the docks or, you know, in a restaurant or something. Yeah. And, and you said that uh, a fan had actually discovered a, a couple of those and pointed them out to you. Yeah, Brett, actually. He, uh, he asked me, he was putting together some things. And he said, was this you? And, and a couple of guys from a couple of different scenes. And I had to listen really carefully. I'm like, yeah, I think that was me. So, Because <laughs> you don't remember doing them. They're just quick little tags. They go, oh, by the way, can you read this one line? Right. Do you remember so, any, of the, any of those voices? No. I don't. Re- they didn't even have names of the characters or anything. Yeah. Hmm. You don't remember Doc Worker 17? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So some of the the questions we get from fans were, um, obviously, a lot of them were related to whether or not you're doing Shenmue 3. We know that. Well, yeah, um, we've we've touched on that. Uh, Drinking Buddy, who, which of the three would you most likely, to, <laughs> you know, share a beer with? Um, I think Fukucha would be fun just to kind of hang out and talk to. I think he'd probably pass out after his first drink. <laughs> um. Ren would probably be the funnest to go out drinking with, but you'd probably end up in a bar fight and arrested. Yep. And uh, Guizan uh, would be kind of cool just to knock back some really good whiskey with, and, and maybe a cigar or something. Yeah, that's how. That's who I would have chose as well. Just a, uh-huh. a nice, you know, nice fire, nice big comfy chair, some whiskey, <laughs> some, a cigar, <laughs> smoking jacket, all the whole thing. Smoking jacket. <laughs> Just hanging out with low-key Guizhang. Right, and then you do shots with Ren. <laughs> yeah, 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 and end up in jail. Right. <laughs> Just having a, a whiskey with, with Guizhang, be like, you know what, after this, we gotta go fight 70 guys in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if the three of them were in a fight, who, who, who walks out? <clears throat> who wins and how do they win? Well, I think they would be nice to Fukuchan and uh, just kind of put him out of his misery pretty quickly um, without too much pain. Um, but he would have the guts. He'd hang in there. He'd, he'd try his best. But I think he's still in such training that I don't think he could quite hang the distance. Um, Ren would think he would win, and he'd be real cocky about it. And then Guizan, I think, would just kind of lessen him, you know, kind of teach him, uh, put him in his place a bit towards the end. But I think Ren versus Guizan would be a good fight. And they have both have a bit different style. And um, But somehow I think Ren might get a bit emotional and Guizan would kind of use that to his advantage. <laughs> we, we did have one question, too. It's just <laughs> something along the lines of, we all know Fuku-san's the real hero of the story, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the heart, you know. Mm-hmm. He's the heart that keeps everything beating. He was at the beginning. You know, I, I think without his friendship and love for Ryo, uh, Ryo might not be the man who he is. A, and we wouldn't have a story. Just when you were describing how that fight would go, I just pictured it in my mind, and I pictured uh, Fukusan doing my favorite Fukusan line, which is, ah, don't use that move. <laughs> when you just, like, you, like, completely destroy him with an elbow in the back of the, of the head. And he's like, ah, you're, like, you're killing him. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, what's next? Uh, I think that's it for 
for like questions regarding the game. Um, do you currently have any any projects on the go? Um, I'm working. Well, I'm in the studio almost every day doing something, whether it's a corporate video or some kind of animation or TV thing, um, advertising. Um, I've got two regular series, TV series I'm working on right now. One is called um, Who I Am, which is on uh, Wow Wow, which is kind of like Japanese uh, HBO. <clears throat> and that's about Paralympic athletes around the world. So it's kind of a, a bio of different Paralympic athletes and their careers and, and, and what they're doing, which is really in- inspiring and interesting and, and really well made. Um, another regular show I have, it's on almost every day. That's called Ego de Asabo with Orton. And that's kind of like, uh, it's on NHK, which is kind of the Japanese BBC. And it's, um, it's kind of, uh, like the Japanese version of Sesame Street for teaching English to little kids. And it's called Ego de Asabo, which means playing with English with Orton. And Orton is a comic, giant comic whale. And he's kind of the host of the show. And I'm Orton. So it's <laughs> like, okay, kids, today's sound is blah, blah. Bag, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and so um, that's fun. And personally, I just released um, an app that I co-created called The English Game. And that's for people who are studying English or teaching English. And it's real fun. It has 12 different categories like vocabulary and numbers and idioms and regional and spelling and, and slang and all kinds of different fun stuff in English. And you can find that at uh, the English game, the English game co is our website, or you can find it on iTunes. And this summer, I'll be releasing a book I wrote. That's just a really short, simple book that's called Ericisms. And um, over the past few years, sometimes I just say things, um, and my friends say, "Oh, that's an Ericism," and it's just stupid things. My idea about life or something. So they said I should write them down. So I did, and I collected a hundred of them. And I'm putting them in a book with Japanese translation as well. And the title is just Ericisms, Thoughts on Life That Spill Out of My Mouth from Time to Time. <laughs> That's great. And, and so it's translated into Japanese as well. So I'm going to do a narration. I'm going to voice, have an audio uh, book as well that goes with it. And then I'll voice each one and then it'll, it'll be followed by a Japanese uh, narrator reading it as well. So people who are studying English or studying Japanese it can help either way. Wow, nice. Yeah. So are they like inspirational? Or are they just funny? Like just observations? Or? Kind of inspirational and funny. Um, uh, some of them are very serious about life and the kind of uh, words to live by in a way. And some of them are just kind of goofy observations. Um, I have a couple here that I found. You asked yesterday if I had any. Mm. I found three that might be a little bit interesting. They're very short, just two or three lines. Okay. Um, and I'm going to do them, I'm, I'm thinking when I record them as well, I'll try to do them as characters. Hmm. So it might add a little bit more you know, interest to the, uh, to the audio version. Yeah. So let me give you the first one here. <clears throat> Every sperm that outswims the millions of other sperm to make a life is a champion. Therefore... <laughs> Every person contains champion DNA. That's pretty good. That would make me feel bad. Uh, not bad. <laughs> that make me feel good about myself <laughs> if I was feeling bad. I'm, I at least won one contest. <laughs> right, right, right. So you're born, born a winner. Yeah. Uh, another born, one. Born winner. That's a good one. That's right. Born winner. Put on a t-shirt. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, here's another one that's laughter is our hearts farting. <laughs> the joy is inside, and it has to come out. <laughs> I love that one. I might use that one on my nieces. <laughs> hey, your heart just farted. <laughs> but they're not all about like bodily functions. Some okay. other ones are, okay. for example, okay. here's another one. Otaku are lucky because no matter what happens in life, they always have something to be excited about and look forward to. That's true. There's always more anime. Right. There's always something. You know, I think I wish I were more otaku. You know, I, I have things I'm interested in, like movies and cooking and my girlfriend. And, you know, I mean, I have things that, that charge me up in life that I'm really excited about. But I think for otaku, there's like no matter what, there's always something to kind of think about when you're going to sleep at night and when you wake up in the morning and to, to you know, look at the Internet or get the magazine or something that just keeps you so excited. And I think that's kind of the key to happiness in, in life in a lot of ways is just to find one thing. It doesn't even have to be important, mm -hmm. but just one thing that just charges you. Yeah. 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 I think Andrew's found his. <laughs> the wine that you're drinking right now. What was that? Is it the wine that you're drinking right now? Oh, oh, that's mine. Andrew's is Shenmue. Oh. Mine is wine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a new a new podcast, Wine and Shenmue. Yeah. Just me going on and Matt drunken rant. Yeah. Matt does a great uh drunken drunken uh the stumbly guy from the first game. If you've ever if you've ever seen Rio walking uh, along the street and he talks to a certain uh, character and the guy and he's like, Um, are you okay? And he's like, I'm okay. And he's like, Are you sure? I'm just fine and dandy. <laughs> I love that character. Uh, anyways, he's the real hero of the story. Yes. <laughs> um, I had a, actually had some questions when you brought up the uh, English program that you're on for children. Uh, yeah. How long has that been on? The Ego de Asabo program has been on for at least like 20 years. And you've been and on. A good friend of mine, Eric Jacobson, was the main guy on there for almost 20 years. And he would play guitar and sing songs for kids. And, and he traveled all over Japan doing, filming things and doing events and stuff. And then just uh, about a year ago, they changed the format. And, and I now I'm the main uh, voice animation character. And then there's another uh, American guy who's um, like pretend, pretends to be like a professor. And he wears a lab coat and he plays with the little kids on the set. And they do different pronunciation lessons and things. So, but it's been a long time. Okay. So, but you've—it's only been about a year for you. It's been about a year or two for me. It's my second year for me. But I used to do um, like character voices for their little skits mm -hmm. and the animations they would have. You know, like Sesame Street has little vignettes and things. Yep. So this has the same thing. So I've been doing vignettes, little characters and stuff for about twenty years. But this is my first time as one of the main characters. Nice. Are you looking forward to like uh, many years from now when uh, somebody recognizes you and they're like, "Oh my God, you're Orton! I grew up with you." <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I know. I used to do. Um, I used to do the number one English conversation teaching program in Japan was called um, Radio Ekaiwa, which is ra radio conversation, and I did that for two years as the guest host, as the as the co-host. Um, and we, that was on every day, like twice a day, 
we had over a million listeners a day, loyal listeners who bought the textbooks and would call in and write in and things. And that my my face was actually on the textbook and and things like that. So at that time, people would you know come up to me on the train or on the street and ask for an autograph and stuff, and that was kind of fun. Um, but mostly, my it's just my voice. So people don't really know who I am. But if I say what I do as a voice, yeah. then they kind of get excited. Or you know, I do a lot of different TV commercials in Japan,、uh, like the voice tag logo and things. So if I do like that for someone, basically everyone in the country has heard that voice. <laughs> so then they're oh, you know, they go crazy. <laughs> but,、uh, but mostly people don't know who I am. So it's kind of nice that way. Do you enjoy the anonymity of it sometimes? Yeah, I do. I'm not really a social person. I don't really go to parties or or like to、uh, be well known or or perform on stage or anything like that. So the、uh, the recording booth is good for me. I would I would rather just have people not know who I am and just do my job. Are you sure、uh, you're not more like Guishang than Ren? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Probably. And.、Um, And so I, I've never wanted to be really like famous or, or well known or anything like that. But it's nice to be appreciated,、mm. you know. It's nice when you tell people what you do, and they go, "Oh, I love that. That's great." You know, that feels really good. So, do, do Japanese? Do many Japanese children like watch these English learning programs for fun, or are they forced to?、Uh, how's it go usually? I think the, the programs are really fun.、Mm-hmm. So, I don't think the kids would be bored or feel like it's a task at all. I think parents who are interested in their kids learning a bit of English, which seems to be almost every parent. Because、uh, they're even starting、uh, English education now in elementary schools in Japan. Oh wow! So and it's just that just started about a year ago. Is that so, to、uh, lead up to the Olympics that are supposed to be there? They want.、Um, I heard they're trying to add more English around the country. They definitely are with signs and English menus and things like that and websites and things.、Mm. Um, they've needed to have English at a younger age for a long time, so it's been kind of a long train coming. But I think also the coming Olympics has inspired it as well. Yeah, yeah. I've heard many Japanese people. You know, they they might be able to understand your English, but they they're not very comfortable speaking it. Yeah. Well, Japanese on the whole are pretty shy people. Yeah. And、um, then so that's hard, and it's hard for them just to have confidence enough to speak, even if they can't.、Um, but also, speaking is not really taught much in school. It's mostly reading and writing and grammar and. And think that so they can take a test for to enter the next you know junior high school they take a test to enter high school they take a test to enter university and then once you enter university it's it's pretty easy <clears throat> so、um, they study more grammar and, and reading and comprehension that way for test taking not as much、um, conversation but it's changing it's getting better they're doing more conversation so you know 30 years ago when I came to Japan people didn't speak English. But oh, you know, quite a few people do. So it's not so hard now. If you come to Japan and you can't speak Japanese, you can get by.、Well, that's cool. I'm, I hope I hope to go to Japan someday and、uh, yeah, maybe I'll just、helped. wait till I'll just wait till they all know my language. <laughs> <laughs> But anybody who's listening to this, anybody who wants to come, if you come, drop me a line and we'll have a drink together. <laughs> I've already done that with quite a few people. And actually, James is coming、uh, on Wednesday. We're going to go out and get some shabu shabu with some of his friends that are coming. Nice.、Um, nice. And Brett is already here. We've worked with. He's going to go.、Uh, 
Um, a lot of pe Peter was here. Um, a lot of really main players in the Shamu community have come. And I was really lucky to have a chance to hang out with them, have a bite and a drink, and just talk about all things Shenmue. Now, have you done the Shenmue uh, pilgrimage where you go to uh, Dobuita Street in Yokosuka? I haven't. No, I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> I do someday. <laughs> Yet. I'm sure if, if James or, or Peter are ever back, they'll, they'll drag you there. <laughs> drag you there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have had the opportunity to meet James in uh -huh. person. Um, he lives in, in New Jersey, and my wife and I were vacationing in New York City, and we went out and did a, a, a night at the Barcade and had some drinks and some food, and it was a really fun night. Um, and it's I'm assuming it's Pete Campbell that you're referring to? Right, right. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, it'd be... They just seem like regular people like that we share this huge common interest in, mm -hmm. and they really have the passion too. Yeah, little community we got going. Really nice guys. Like, like um, Peter, I was asking him about. He knows a lot about you know computers and, and things, websites and, and different things. And I asked him about my Wikipedia page because somebody had told me I should put that up, have that put up. Yeah. And he goes, "I'll put it for you." <laughs> and I'm like, "Really? Yeah, that seems like it's a lot of work." He goes, "Ah, no, I just send me the stuff. I'll put it up for you." And a week later, it was up and running and beautiful and everything. And he's like, ah, oh, no problem. Nice. Such a nice guy. And then Brett also um, is here. He, he's doing software work and programming. And I needed to finish making my app, the English game. And he reformatted that, did everything for me and gave me a really good price on it and was very easy to work with, very professional. Um, and just through Shen and Mu, I met two really cool guys that have really helped me a lot. That's so awesome. it really is. It feels like a family, which is nice. Cool. Yeah, it's it's. We've had great luck with with people. Um, people sending us cool things in the mail and stuff. Yeah, and having a contact in Japan, being able to send us things, and mm -hmm. when this, you know, Shenmue three and HD come out, we can, you know, is it quid pro quo? That's the thing. Yep. We mm -hmm. send stuff and they send stuff, and um, we've had someone from I think Finland redo all of our graphics it's, mm -hmm. it's been fantastic having this help out there mm -hmm. yeah um so i think that's going to about wrap things up um where can people find you on on social media eric you can find me at erickelso.com which also has links on there to my imdb site and my wikipedia page um you can facebook me if you'd like if you haven't already and um if you just google Eric Kelso, E-R-I-C-K-E-L-S-O on uh, just Google it a lot, a lot of stuff comes up and there's a lot of contact information and like I said, if anybody actually takes the time, makes the effort to do the pilgrimage all the way to Japan um, please contact me and the first beer is on me Awesome, I just sent you a friend request on Facebook <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, we good? Yeah, um, you can find us on the social media, we are Shenmue AM2 Pod or at Shenmue AM2 Pod on Twitter, uh, Shenmue AM2 Podcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. Um, we have a group. We have a page. Um, yeah, we're, we're everywhere. Um, huge, huge, huge thank you to, to Eric for doing this with us twice. Yeah. Um, you guys. And thank you for having a podcast. You know, mm -hmm. thank you doing this all the time it's a lot of work people don't realize how much work it is to do a podcast yeah and uh and you know it's it's all day every day kind of thing and uh thank you for doing that that really means a lot to everyone in the community 
and I'm you know I consider myself a member of the community as well. So thank you. Oh, thanks for saying that. That come that means a lot coming from you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I and my my final question. Are you done, Andrew? Um, yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, once hopefully you are involved with Shenmue 3, it's yes. done. We would love to have you on as a guest after the oh, future. Talk about that experience. Love yeah. To yeah. Uh, and my final two questions. Uh-huh. Uh, once again, what was her breakfast this morning? Nothing yet. I was waiting for you guys. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that. It's No, it's okay. I was doing some work at home. It's 1130 right now. And after this, I'm going to go out and do some shopping. Don't know what I'm going to have yet. For reference, he had uh, a pork dish yesterday. Pork and rice yesterday. Yeah, I I, uh, I slow cooked some pork a couple days ago, and I put on that on top of some uh, fried rice, and that was my breakfast yesterday. I, I will tweet the photo that you <laughs> <laughs> you were just kind enough to send me. It's like <laughs> it was good. And my final question is: There anything we need to know from the future? Any world events, earth-shattering revelations that have happened? Uh, it will be cloudy tomorrow. Oh no! <laughs> cloudy tomorrow. Yeah, but uh, the world has not ended yet, so you can sleep soundly. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you so much once again, and uh, okay, thanks. We'll be in touch, I'm sure. We'd like to thank our sponsor this week, Yakuska Harbor Trading Company. We would be much obliged if you would join us at our warehouse in the Yokosuka Harbor, if you can find it. I just want to buy stuff, quit it with the cryptic passwords, the guards, the same flashlight fell on me five days in a row. I'm not buying your stuff.